When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. Hello! And welcome to Awesome Etiquette. Where we explore modern etiquette through the lens of consideration, respect, and honesty. On today's show, we take your questions on male mishaps, making safety suggestions to other parents, sharing success on social media, and introducing etiquette to your peers. For awesome etiquette sustaining members, our question of the week is about posting your COVID-19 vaccine status online. Plus your most excellent feedback, etiquette salute, and a postscript on virtual parties held well. All that coming up. Awesome Etiquette comes to you from the studios of our home offices in Vermont and is proud to be produced by the Emily Post Institute. I'm Lizzie Post. And I'm Dan Post-Senning. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'm I'm looking forward to kind of a quiet weekend because last weekend I threw a party. Do but tell. But it wasn't a real party. It was a virtual party. I threw a virtual baby shower for one of my nearest and dearest, Jamie Mador, and it mm. was really fun. I got to be in charge of the family shower. So when Jamie and I had first talked about a baby shower, she looked at kind of the amount of people she wanted to get together with. And it, it was that kind of like 40 person crowd. And you're like, boy, that's too much for a hmm. for a virtual shower. And it's definitely too much for a pandemic in person shower. And so uh, we came up with the idea to divide the groups into friends and family. And I offered to host the family virtual shower. I got to say, this was my first time actually hosting a virtual shower like this or a virtual party like this even. And it, it like went well. <laughs> I tested our advice. I'm it not worked. surprised. <laughs> I was. I wasn't sure how it was going to work. I feel like there are things I could have been better about, like the RSVPs. I wish I had kept that on a spreadsheet next to their names and email addresses. Okay. Because I ended up at the end of the day, like not taking the time to go through all the RSVPs and call out the no's. And instead just resent the invitation the day of to everybody. Like, you know, I was oh. in that moment. And I said, if I, you know, if I'm sending this to you and you've already said, uh, declined, know that you'll be there in spirit. But, you know. All right. I, like, so you, I, had, you had covered your bases. I, tr- I tried to cover bit. my base and apologize for the redundancy I was creating for people. There were a couple different things to coordinate. One was photographs for a who's that baby because it's a family shower. They all were going to have fun guessing <laughs> all their relatives' baby pictures. And then there were Jamie and her husband Jim were also doing this thing where people wrote uh, blessings or or notes or wishes for the baby, and then they wrote them on these little flags that'll hang in the baby's nursery. And she felt that because she was so far away from most of her family and Jim's family, that it was a really nice way to have everybody kind of there saying what they would say if they were dropping by visits and having that kind of surround the the baby's main space. So it was, so there were, but there were, that meant you were coordinating getting the blessings and you were coordinating getting the the photographs. And it was really fun watching stuff come in from people. I I did make sure to do a call out and say, you know, you can, you can send, send this again or, you know, send it if you haven't. But people were very responsive. A lot of people did RSVP and say, yes, I'm coming. No, I'm not coming. Golf claps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, and, and some people didn't. And that, that I felt was really okay because I 
wasn't dealing with head counts in terms of making things perfect for food or uh, space、mm-hmm. or things like that. It was it was really not a big deal if people didn't RSVP. I felt like. But everybody got on. They logged on really well the day of. We were able to screen share and do the the baby game. That was really fun, and it was really sweet reading all the blessings. They also read the ones from the friends、uh, gathering too, so that was really cool. And I was very proud of this for our advice. I'm just gonna say it. Pat ourselves on the back. The opening of gifts. Jamie was like, "Oh, I don't know about that," and I was like, "I know, but it is really fun, and you you'll get into it." And they did get into it. And it was really fun to see them get excited about what they opened. The people who had sent it were really engaged and excited to see it. It was like it worked, <laughs> like, and doing it for only twenty people worked, <laughs> like as opposed to forty, it really worked. <laughs> so off the wall question for you: As、yeah. I hear you talk about coordinating, organizing virtual or digital contributions, I'm thinking about the. Photos, yeah, and then also physically. So, did you receive the flags? Were you the one who actually? I didn't get the flags. No, Jamie and Jim had the flags, and what I did was I created a, a shared spreadsheet that、okay. it had the name of the person who sent the and what they wrote, and they entered that. From... Yeah, and then they hand wrote it on the flags. Yeah. So this got me thinking: What do you think's more work, a virtual shower hosting job or a in-person shower、oh、hosting job? Oh my god, I, I do think an in-person hosting shower is. More, this had an element of like you got to pay attention, you got to remember it's all happening because you're not、yeah. hosting a physical party. But and it was it was funny thinking of things like oh my space should look nice and I I want to I know it's not a dress up shower but I want to be showered and wearing something decent you know for the day and、um, th- those kind of elements felt real and almost like you had to be like oh wait that's right you know like you're about to host today's a party, party. <laughs> like I put a banner up behind me and realized. I had written the letters backwards. I should have written the letters backwards, and I didn't. I was able,、awesome. <laughs> funny enough, to just flip the thing around, and it worked. But, but doing things like decorating the space, I really appreciated the guests who decorated their space. That was cool. If they didn't, it didn't matter. But it was really fun to have the guests decorate the space.、Um, yeah. The the guests also participated really well.、Um, people who had a lot of background noise going on would mute themselves until they wanted to speak up. People also did a good job of kind of. Allowing each other to a little bit talk over each other, like in、mm-hmm. a good way, like it made it sound like the dinner table, not like a meeting. You know what I mean? It wasn't like speak, pause, speak, pause. It was a real. It really felt like a, a party. You could hear a couple little side conversations happen at times, and it, it just it felt like a party. I was I was happy about that part for sure. Bravo, <laughs> Dan. I could I could talk about this like all day. You have to s- stop me at some point because it was、Why? it was really phenomenal. <laughs> I was curious how it went, and I, you've been、um, I know working on it for a little bit, and、I've, it's nice to hear that it all went well. Oh, thank you. It 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 did. I had a I had a really good time, so that was cool too. <laughs> and importantly, it sounds like the guests of honor, the happy couple, also really had a great time, and maybe even a surprisingly great time. And that means <laughs> you were a surprisingly great host. Oh well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll stutter and let you say that. I <laughs> you can take it. Thank you. you. It. There we go. <laughs>、um, no, it was it was a good time. I'm I'm real happy. For my friend, and I'm very excited to le- meet little baby Mador when he or she or they come along. Well, congratulations, Jamie, and congratulations, Lizzie Post. Well done. We have a show to do. We do. Let's get to some questions. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, just a quick moment to let you know that our greeting card collaborator Isa Salazar has put together spring sets, including the Emily Post Garden Collection line, and we have to say they are perfect for the season. From Mother's Day and congratulations cards to thank you notes and more, these sets make staying connected this spring easy. Check them out at isasalazar.com or by visiting emilypost.com today. Again, that's isasalazar.com or By visiting emilypost.com. Now back to the show. Awesome etiquette gets support from Storyworth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day. 
we here at Awesome Etiquette found the perfect gift that can capture all of your mom's stories for your family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mom or a mother figure in your life for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. What was your first job? Who was your first crush? (laughs) StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is to respond to the email prompt with a story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. I did this with my mom and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know, or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. (laughs) After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. Story Worth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash manners. It's manners with an S to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. Awesome Etiquette is here to answer your questions. You can email them to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com, leave a voicemail or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. Or you can reach us on social media. On Twitter, we're at emilypostinst, that's I-N-S-T. On Instagram, we're at emilypostinstitute. And on Facebook, we're Awesome Etiquette. Just use the hashtag Awesome Etiquette with your social media posts so that we know you want your question on the show. Our first question this week is about a male mishap. Uh Uh-oh. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Daniel. Twice (laughs) in recent months, I've had friends ask me for my address so they could send me greeting cards, I assume. One in December, intending to send a New Year's card, and one in February for a Valentine's card. It's now late March, and I've received nothing from either of them. (laughs) On the one hand, I want them to know that I've received nothing if they did indeed send me things. But on the other hand, if they didn't actually send anything, I don't want to highlight the fact that they intended to do something but didn't. I'd love to hear you two chat about this conundrum and decide what you would each do here. (laughs) Thank you both so much for your delightful contributions to our social landscape. Katie, she, her. Katie, thank you so much for the question. I, I love how you posed it clearly as I laugh out loud. Dan, this cards occupy a really kind of funny space, don't they? Because... Technically, like you don't have to let someone know you received a card. And yet I know I both usually want to let someone know I've received the card and I appreciate it when someone lets me know they got the birthday card or the not necessarily like a thank you note, but like a like a a holiday card or something like holidays, though. I I could go off, Dan. You're going to have to stop me before I'm telling you today is a rambly day. That's all right. You're, you're, you're kind of starting all of the different thoughts that I've had about the same question. <laughs> okay, so I'm good. kind of curious where you'll land because th- th- <laughs> you could kind of land a few different places. And I appreciated Katie asking. I'd love to hear what you'd each do because I agree this is kind of that liminal space where I don't think there's necessarily a correct etiquette answer in I terms can, of the rules. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you from current experience, I'm in the middle of one of these I know that someone that we know through work, uh, who I connected with this fall, definitely was interested in sending a card my way, has twice mentioned it. And in the six months that have happened since fall, the cards never showed up. I don't know if that's because she, I think the first time I knew it was because she just forgot and hadn't gotten to it. The second time, I don't know if it was ever sent or not sent. But the funny thing is, is that I too had intended on sending this, you know, her card as well and have not yet. So we're kind of both doing it to each other. If that offers any perspective. And the critical question right now, did you say anything? No. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No. So the point. No, I didn't say anything. I haven't said anything. We've talked 
multiple times since then. And during a couple of those times, uh, she's brought up that she's asked for my address or wanted it again because she can't find it in like the scroll or maybe has deleted the messages and lost it. And so it's come up. There's a real intent there on her part for sure. And I personally just don't want to ask about it like my thought i wouldn't do it either yeah exactly. i really like, don't think i would okay so we are on the same page on this one my thought dan is that and katie is that the the like it'll be a happy surprise if it does show up yay you know what i mean and if it doesn't it's it's a card and i think of it as lost in the mail really can be a thing that happens even though i i think very highly of our, our mail system in a lot of ways so i don't know <laughs> and I'm going to even put lost in the mail in quotations. Yeah. Because there are so many ways that it may have been lost in the mail. We all have the best of intentions. Mm-hmm. And I I love the specificity in this question about not wanting to necessarily point out if someone yeah. had really good intentions and they just haven't quite followed through on actualized them. <laughs> or followed through on them yet. And um I, I I think that is the key etiquette point about sort of pointing out where someone's fallen short, even if it's not short of a social standard, even if it's short of their own aspirations. Yeah. Um, that, that's the one etiquette thing I was keying on when I read the question. But then as I heard you talk about it, there was something else that really jumped out at me. And that was the the thinking about, well, what exactly is being sent and would you respond to it anyway? Uh-huh. And when when we get those I don't want to call them generic, but the the holiday cards that it's the same card that gets repeated and goes to multiple people. Mm-hmm. We don't respond to that. We no. don't even I don't think I even necessarily mention it when I talk to that person. I might I might say, oh, we got your card. It's so funny. So great to see so and so a year older or whatever. Um, but it's not something I, I am thinking to mention necessarily. So I wouldn't mention its absence is, I guess, the, the, the way to think about that it. I started to. Yeah key on as I heard you talk about it. But the funny thing is, is that I have called people to thank them for cards. Like our Aunt Nancy sent me a Valentine's Day card the other year, and it was adorable. It had her grandson, my cousin once removed, Alex on it on a horse. And it was just, it was a really great, it was a great photo. It really warmed my heart. I I don't think I'd received a Valentine's Day card in like years. And it was really, really, it was, wait a second, my mom probably sent me one. But like, but it was really sweet. And I felt so inspired to call her and and I, I left her a message and just said, like, oh, my gosh, this was the nicest thing. Thank you so much. Like, really warm my day. Like, that kind of a thing. And, and like, that didn't elicit, like, a response from her at all. It just simply was my way of, of expressing my gratitude for it. But like you said, there's plenty of cards that we receive that we don't say, oh, I got your note or I got your thank you note or I got your congratulations card, you know, or something like that. They're not all requiring of a, of a reply. And as I'm imagining the specifics, I'm thinking if Aunt Nancy had called you over the holidays and said, hey, I'm gathering people's addresses, da 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 and then you hadn't seen that card in the next couple of months, I'm guessing you probably wouldn't have called Nancy and said, oh, hey, I wanted yeah, to make no. sure I gave you the right address. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And and that's a little bit, you know, we talk about host guest dance, giver receiver dance, and it's, it is a little bit where it becomes a part of a giver if they're worried something hasn't been received to to the onus is on them to track it down um and i think that that's that's kind of where that responsibility lays if there's a question mark someone wants to answer and so you katie as the receiver in this situation i'm 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 still coming down in the camp and i think dan is too of um of don't don't worry about tracking it down or like you said bringing up someone's good intention um that they haven't yet followed through on so Lizzie Post, can I add a sneaky coda to this answer? My interest is peaked right now. <laughs> if you wanted to be sure, but you didn't want to ask, you could send them something that had a return address on it. <laughs> so you send them something to prompt them sending you the thing they haven't sent yet. Which, I'm by the way, saying... I mean, it's like late March. doing <laughs> like. <laughs> No, that was there will be other holidays. There will be other family events. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Turn turn it on them and send a, send a card to them saying hi, happy spring. <laughs> Katie, thank you so much for this question. Thank you for giving us a chance to both muse on how we would handle a similar situation. In good weather and in bad weather, the mailman brings us our mail. 
He always tries to be on time. The mailman is friendly and helpful. Almost everybody likes him, for almost everybody likes to get mail. Our next question is titled, Safety Sample Scripts, and it's a voicemail from Claire. Hello, my name is Claire, and I have a question about um, kind of telling someone that what they're doing with their child isn't necessarily safe. So, for example, my friend had the car seat of her car installed directly um, for her newborn baby, and I kind of mentioned that to her. I was like, hey, this isn't installed correctly. Like, I can fix it real quick if you want me to. And she kind of took offense to that and got a little mad at me and um, kind of said that I was coming off rude, which was not my intention at all, um, because in my mind, I'm kind of like, okay, well, the safety of your child is more important than hurt feelings. So I was just trying to help. Um, so kind of in the future, maybe some sample scripts on how to bring up something that might not be quite right when it involves the safety of your child, like something as important as a car seat. Because I think in my head, I'm coming off a lot nicer than I might actually be. Um, so just some sample scripts I can use in future situations like that, or if it's something I should even bring up. Um, thank you so much. I love the show. Bye. Hi, Claire. Thank you so much for your question. And thank you so much for leaving us a voicemail. It is so much fun to hear your voices when we're answering these questions. Lizzie Post, what do you think? Safety and etiquette. We I know. often talk about <laughs> where these two meet, how you draw the lines, and um, it's important. Well, and I think here we might also have some sort of personality and style, right? Because I, I and I love we we really need to give Claire some credit here. She said, "I feel like I might be coming across, like I might think I'm nicer than I'm actually coming across," and that's such a it's a great self check. I, I have to say, from the sound of your voicemail, you sound like your voice sounds really nice and happy and helpful. So I think there's probably a combination of things going on here that got a bad reaction, but we're talking about safety. And I think when we talk about etiquette, we're, we always say that safety comes before etiquette. And at the same time, I think that the, the safety measure can be delivered in a way that's really soft. And we're going to add to that. I also think that sometimes no matter how you deliver something like that, the other party may just be prone or in a headspace where they take offense to it or they feel like it's a knock on on their ability to protect their child, especially when we're talking about parents and children. Dan, you've probably – I mean, I don't think you've been in this particular situation, but – Oh, yes, you, I have. You oh, literally yes, – have, have. You, have you really? Have you really? Okay, tell I me. I have had to get please. over my own emotional hurdles to allow someone to show me how to install a car seat correctly. Oh, do tell, please. Uh, it was Aria's birth, and we were at a, a different hospital than Anisha's birth, and there was a woman there who was known as the car seat expert. She was like okay. famous for it. People talked about her as that. And you couldn't leave. You had to you had to take advantage of her being around at some point and to get her to look at your car seats before you left the birthing center. She was incredible. This was a yeah. very serious woman. And she set up my car seats like I've never seen before. They were <laughs> so snug and um I, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to take the time. I thought they were good enough. I thought I knew what I was doing. This is child number two, your old hat. Come on, you know? Yeah. Uh, really? It just it felt like so much, and they made such a big deal out of it. I know I'm going on, but that's what it felt like to me then. Yeah. And she was so good, and she taught me a few things. She's like, okay, this is where you put your foot. This is where you put your knee. This gives you the leverage. This gives you the right like, angle on the strap as you pull it. I am now the person that knows how to do it. And like other people in the family are like, hey, Dan, it's time to do the car seats. Um, but it was hard for me. And I, I went into my experience with this person um, like pre-resentful a Grudging. little bit. Just yeah. like, ah, oh, do this. And she, and she was kind of bossy with me. Um, yeah. So I do appreciate this moment <laughs> in a very personal <laughs> way. <laughs> and it's so important. And yeah. um, this person actually she, – she, her approach with me to get over my emotional blocks was I know what I'm doing. I'm serious. I do this a thousand times. I'm just going to push right through you. Uh, I wouldn't suggest that tack with someone else. I was thinking like you, Lizzie Post, that there is a, a real um, important relationship between the etiquette and the safety. We say the safety supersedes. But to deliver that message in a way that lets someone be safe – might require that emotional intelligence and that good etiquette. And so you might say, oh, I need to leave the etiquette behind to communicate this important safety message. 
and it might be the exact opposite. It might be that the etiquette is what makes Let's it possible to deliver that message in a way someone can hear it. Yeah. So it's 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 both important that you don't let the etiquette get in the way, but that to the extent that it can help you deliver that message in a way that's more likely to be heard, not to abandon it. The, the, so that was the the very broad conceptual and personal sort of first pass thought I had about this question. And I, I think I can see Claire approaching it the same way. And I keyed on that same line you did. Um, I think I'm being nice, but I'm wondering how nice it's coming across. And that's mm-hmm. that perfect dosage of I feel like it's important for me to say this and I'm thinking about how I do it and I'm willing to say to myself, am I doing it as well as I think I am or as I could? Mm-hmm. Etiquette gold star. And this can be so tough, right? Because like we can we we will set up some some actions to take for sure. But one thing to just keep in mind anytime you head into a I'm going to help someone mode is that you just you do never know where they're at and that this might be the 10th time during the day that someone has shown them a better way to do something and it's just grating on them at this point or they're tired and we have to always remember that when we try to help sometimes we just have to give space for someone to not receive it well and that aside Dan what are the ways that we can sort of hedge our best bet on this and and go into it with the best possible and then maybe afterwards if if it doesn't go right we can come up with a, a little sample apology script for for how to move forward i think that you can always make your intentions explicit don't assume that someone else will assume your good intentions okay hey there's something i noticed i'd like to offer to help oh i like that is <laughs> is just a great way to start um do the best you can to keep the focus on the thing itself. So I noticed your car seat is set up like this. When I was taught how to set up a car seat, they showed me some really cool little tricks to get it really snug. Could I show you what those are? Can I make one adjustment to that? Yeah. If you say I noticed the car seat instead of your car seat, that might help de-escalate a little bit. Sometimes you need the you, like at the end of the example, um, you know, could I, could I show you or or could I make the adjustment? But sometimes pulling it out can help not make it feel like there's any kind of finger pointing or, or really um, personal attachment to the attack. Well, it's not an attack, but make it feel like that. Sorry. No. And this is why we call you the master of sample scripts. Keep the focus on the task, the thing itself, the information Mm. that you're trying to impart. And there are ways to bring that up that are related to you and not the other person's effort. I learned a really cool trick. I got to tell you the story about this lady (laughs) who showed me how to set a car seat. And she was an experience that I think about to this day. If there's a way that you can lighten the mood or the tone of the discussion, also it's something that's serious, but you're not raising it as a serious problem that they have or that they've or created that it's a serious mistake that they've made or problem they've created. Exactly. And as you say, Lizzie, there's no guarantee it's going to be received well, but depersonalizing it, really keeping it specific and about the thing itself, prepping someone just a little bit by telling them your good intentions and asking them if it's a good time to offer some help are all going to give you a better shot at having that conversation land well. And there's definitely also a difference between doing something that's an an immediate and very clear danger and and pointing that out and, and really being forceful about making it clear. And the difference between the straps aren't quite as perfectly tight as they could be, but everything's buckled in appropriately. It's in the right direction. You know what I mean? It's like I could see I could see there being a big difference between the car seat isn't facing the right way or it's not even attached to I, I don't know how car seats work. So attached to the base or whatever it is in the car like that versus kind of some of the remember you walked into your car seat education going, I got this. I know this. My car seat's been installed correctly for for three years now. And so I do think just, you know, also knowing when when that step of safety is a real, real serious thing and when it's just a helpful suggestion. It's a good point, Lizzie. And not everyone is qualified to make all of those judgments, but to the best of your ability, 
obviously the degree and seriousness of the safety issue affects the degree to which you're going to ignore social conventions and address the problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dan, what given that uh, Claire had the moment where she she thought she was doing a good job, thought she had done it an easy way. Here, it's a quick fix. I can help you. And it still came off to the person who received it as as rude and, and frustrating. In that moment, give us a sample script for just a quick apology, you know, that you could make when you have that that quick moment where you didn't think you were being rude, but someone else feels like you were and they, they call you out on it. I'm so sorry. I'm getting the sense or I realize I've overstepped my bounds here. I apologize. I, I really that wasn't my intent. Yeah, I think it's it's the apology with the quick. It, it wasn't my intention to make you feel that way. I, I think it's a good, good, clean, easy way to go. Claire, while we're sorry that this is how the interaction went this time, we hope that future offers for help are well received. How do you go about being thoughtful? What do you do? Every time I try, I only make things worse. Is there some particular method of being thoughtful that works every time? Our next question is about sharing success on social media. Dear Lizzie and Daniel, as a longtime listener of your podcast, I'm hoping you can settle a business etiquette question that's been dividing me and so many other students this year. I'm a first-year law student, and typically by late winter, students begin receiving job offers. These jobs are extremely competitive, and oftentimes very limited numbers of them are available, even more so this year because of COVID. While we all feel happy for our peers, in the last few years, it's become increasingly common for people to make posts on LinkedIn announcing their jobs and doing a lot of public self-congratulating. This was never a thing in the past, but now seems to be becoming a new standard practice. The problem is, a lot of people at this time have no job prospects and no idea what they're doing for their summer. I've seen and heard multiple friends crying in the past few weeks. These celebratory posts make them feel so horribly about their inability to secure a position thus far. Help us settle the issue. Do you think these public announcements of success are tacky and a bit rude? Or should people be allowed to celebrate their success as they see fit? And is there a better time and way to make these posts so that people can still celebrate themselves? Or should the practice be nipped in the bud? Thanks in advance, and I really hope I get to hear your thoughts. Warm regards. Anonymous. Anonymous, this is a great question, and, and we see almost identical versions of it with having children and with getting married or buying homes. And like, as you've mentioned, getting jobs. These can all be moments that are really celebratory for the people experiencing them. And sharing them super publicly can have an impact on people who aren't feeling secure in these areas of their life. While I think it's really hard, um, and I, I want to be really sensitive to the to the feeling of of when you f are the person feeling that lack, and you you feel the sort of negative side of a comparison happening. At the same time, I think that the the answer is yes, we do celebrate, and I think we can find good ways of celebrating online that don't come off as too boastful. But I'm I put me in the camp of I do think we should continue to celebrate our life achievements and. For some, the the job thing might be as important as a, a partner or a baby, vice versa going other ways. You know, like it's it's I, I think it's important to celebrate the things that, that we achieve and the things that we see as success in our lives. I think that's a, a good part of the society that we operate in. But I think we have to do it with tact. I couldn't agree more, Lizzie Post. Okay, good. I was like, I hope to, I hope we're on the same party, or maybe the internet's changed, <laughs> but no, I don't think so. And I, I do think that the internet, you know, presents a challenge in the the how public it is. So things that we used to share comfortably with friends and family, the excitement of a new job, the excitement about, as you say, any of those big moments in life where something happens that we really wanted to happen or that we've worked really hard for or that's just awesome and we want to share with people. And because the the internet, the place where we are maybe going to be doing that these days is potentially such a public space, it allows for the crossing over of that line from the natural and 
um, not just appropriate, but important uh, celebration into something that becomes bad etiquette, boasting, becomes mm -hmm. self-congratulatory. Mm -hmm. I got the best. I am the best. Not things that, that, that are going to sound good or come off well. Ha ha ha. I win. You lose is very mm -hmm. different than ha ha ha. I, I made it. I'm the state champion. I got the gold. It's 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 mm -hmm. really different. I, I really keyed on um, some particular language in the question. Mm, what'd you hear? Anonymous asks, do you think that these public announcements of success are tacky and a bit rude? Should people be allowed to celebrate their successes as they see fit? And that's where I say no. Yeah. I, I don't think you can celebrate your successes however you see fit. It does matter how it comes across and it matters how it comes across to other people. And if you're talking about a law school situation where everybody is competing for the same internships or jobs or positions, you could cross that line. And at the same time, I think it's entirely appropriate to say, yay, I got it or to list the position that you just got. It's a position yeah. that you just got on your LinkedIn profile where it should be listed. <laughs> that's an absolute. Yeah, that that's when I do think. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the degree that it then goes on into a as they see fit, bad judgment of self-congratulations. Mm -hmm. I'm so awesome. I'm going to do a dance on the quad or something. Mm -hmm. I think that's where you say no. <laughs> it's not just do what you like, but it, it is okay. And that tact is maybe hard to find in this public space. But I mm -hmm. think like you say, we can assume the adult behavior of our peers and that they're going to be able to deal with the disappointment of not getting it and understanding mm -hmm. that someone had to get it. Mm -hmm. And that it's that it's up to everyone who competes in these environments to to be able to reconcile with that. I've had two two thoughts as you've been talking, and and one was that um, remember too, if you are seeing those messages of good news and it is bumming you out, or or you can't get out of the comparative headspace, take a break from social media, from looking, or you know hide hide your law school friends for a little bit so that you're just not bombarded with it, you know that there are ways that you can personally control the interaction of what you see in here. So the other point was that it can, and, and I don't want to say this as a suggestion that, that looking at the misfortune of others can pump you up, but you're a first year law student who, who got in, you're there, you, you made it to the school. That's, that's a good place to be. And it is a really, really competitive market right now that you're dealing with. And sometimes just finding that way to, to flip the mental switch to the what I have versus what I'm not having can be enough to help you handle and, and find that celebratory space to, to cheer those on who are doing well. And that, that can be a very hard thing. It's super gracious, but it's a really sometimes hard thing to do. But when you can use it in that way to, to get you to that better headspace, it, it's worth doing so. Thank you so much for the question. It's certainly given us a lot to think about. And good luck with that first semester as an L2. It all boils down to this, Joe. We're going to make the most out of the one and only life we're ever going to have on this earth. We can only do it by really joining the human race. Our next question is titled, An Etiquette Girl in an Uncaring World. Dear Lizzie and Dan, I'm a longtime listener, and I'm also a major enthusiast of etiquette. But unfortunately, my generation seems to disregard any knowledge of manners or politeness. I have oftentimes been laughed at for sending a thank you card or even using polite mannerisms in public. I understand that I'm old-fashioned in a way, but I was hoping to get some pointers to help introduce or educate other teens in proper manners or even just social courtesy. Thank you so much for producing your show, and I look forward to your response. Sincerely, Colleen. Oh, Colleen, I want, I want you to get better responses to those notes. No one should laugh at you for them. Well, and I also want to thank Colleen for sending us this question. There is, is something I want to say almost at the end of every sentence that I read here. Aww. It's um a real theme on our show. One of the biggest themes on this show that etiquette is a really, really powerful tool when you're using it for self-assessment, self-improvement, um, just for your own enjoyment. And it is much less useful when you're using it to try to figure out other people or correct or improve other people. And the, the big thing that I want to say to Colleen is that 
I, I would offer the same advice in terms of how etiquette works for you and how you enjoy it, that um, it really is something that's for you. And I want to encourage you to keep having fun with it. Keep sending those thank you notes, <laughs> enjoying it and engaging it in ways that make you feel good and make sense to you. Um, the world will catch up with you. Your peers will catch up with you. <laughs> the um, the long term rewards and opportunities oh, that yeah. come from investing in relationships, caring for other people, taking the focus outside yourself. They are all out there. And um, whatever kind of feedback you're getting immediately from teen peers, um, I'm just so encouraged just to hear that the tone and nature of this question. I just want to just from as, as, as virtually and as far away as I can just buck you up and encourage you to keep going. And it's just such a treat to, to hear about you out there and reaching out to us. Thank you. <laughs> I know I'm such a cheese ball. I can't help it. Colleen, you're my hero. I got to tell you. Colleen, there's Dan's answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, was, that was sweet because that was, that was good. I want to encourage you. Keep doing all the things that you're doing. Do them when they feel right to you. Do it because it feels good, because it's it's how you want to behave. Um, Dan's right. Your, your peers will catch up to you eventually. Some some won't, and they might not remain your friends, but you'll find your people. My mom has this saying that all the good people find each other eventually, and it's true. Over time, when you're really starting to choose your own groups, you do find all the all the people who, who love and value, not just the exact same things you do, but at least enough of the same common behaviors and interactions that this becomes your group, you know, this becomes the people that you associate with because you enjoy the way they behave. I also really want to encourage you to keep sending it because I think you'll be really proud of your teenage self and of your your preteen self who behaved this way and, and did this and not like, a, oh, look at me, I was so good. But I can remember distinctly having to apologize as a 12-year-old for a food fight that we got into at a birthday party. And I wrote my apology letter to the, the mom of the household and, and sent it. And she called my mom and said that was some apology letter. And that was something that really taught me the lesson of it was an important thing that I did. And I did the right thing because it made the other person feel better. And I was, I, I'm always proud of that little girl when I look back in my memory on that moment. I hope you're really proud of yourself when you're all grown up and you're looking back on who you were and how you chose to behave, that it was really true to your nature. Okay, that's my rant. <laughs> well, and, and, and before we close out, I have to mention the, the idea that you would be old fashioned in a way for sending a thank you note or even having polite mannerisms, the way that those things become not old fashioned is for young people to do them and to keep doing Bingo. them. Your very existence, <laughs> your presence in this world is what makes this material new and fresh and relevant. And there is nothing that you write in your hand that is old fashioned. It is of the moment. It is of today. And we thank you for it. Oh, Colleen, thank you for giving us such a great question to end on. And we hope our answer helps. Thank you for your questions. Please send us updates or feedback on our answers to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can leave us a voicemail or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. You can also reach us on social media. On Twitter, we are at emilypostinst. On Instagram, we are at emilypostinstitute. And on Facebook, we are Awesome Etiquette. Just use the hashtag Awesome Etiquette with your post so that we know you want your question on the show. If you love Awesome Etiquette, please consider becoming a sustaining member by visiting us at patreon.com slash awesomeetiquette. You'll get an ads-free version of the show and access to bonus questions and content. Plus, you'll feel great knowing that you help to keep Awesome Etiquette on the air. And to those of you who are already sustaining members, thank you so much for your support. It's time for our feedback segment where we hear from you about the questions we answer and the topics we cover. And today we're hearing first from Antonio on bringing stinky food to work for lunch. Mm. Dear AE, there are a lot of air purifiers on the market that remove odors quickly. I highly recommend one made by a company called Catmouse. 
Yes, it's for litter boxes, but because of that, it's pretty small, pretty quiet, and makes the smell go away quickly. Put it on top of the microwave, and anytime it gets a bit funky, just turn it on. Antonio. Oh, I lo- I, I have to say, I really love like solution products that that people recommend to us. Brilliant. I literally was advice. like, wait a second, it's for litter boxes. I could probably use that in my house. Like that sounds like the a great most idea. useful thing you heard all day on Awesome Etiquette. <laughs> oh thank you, goodness. Antonio. And thank you for sending us your thoughts and updates. Please keep them coming. You can send your feedback or update to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com or leave us a voicemail or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. It's time for our Postscript segment where we dive deeper into a topic of etiquette. And today we're going to lean on Lizzie Post's experience hosting a virtual baby shower and talk (laughs) about hosting virtual parties. <laughs> Lizzie Post, it went so well. Tell us more. How did you do it? What should we do? <laughs> well, no, there were definitely things I'd do differently next time. But virtual parties, they aren't difficult to coordinate, but there is coordination that's involved beyond just getting the link for the party out to everybody. Definitely one of the the things that gave us hangups at our party um, is our first piece of advice, which is get the right emails or phone numbers for your guests, however it is that you're sending that invitation or delivering that link to the virtual party, you really want to make sure that you've got it all right. Not the link, but the contact. Uh, We had two people who didn't get the invitation because one, the address was sent to me incorrectly and the other, I had copied it incorrectly, which you think for copy paste would not happen, but it had looked wrong. I made the adjustment. There was a missing at symbol and I missed it. Um, And so we had two people who we had to send invitations to later on because they hadn't gotten there the first round. And because it was a slightly more casual type of party, a virtual party, it took us a little while to realize that these two people hadn't RSVP'd because they hadn't received anything, not because, you know, they just weren't going to RSVP. So I do think that get the email right, get the phone number right, however you're sending it, get it right. And then it is okay to follow up. If you haven't heard from anybody in about a week, I would just double check that that they were all received and that you had the right addresses, that sort of thing. Okay, but. What about the invitation itself? So the invitation you also want to make very clear. It should be very obvious that this is a virtual party. Wherever it is that you are giving people the link to the party, it should be big, bold letters. Here's the link to access the party. In the baby shower case, here's the link for the registry. You know, like very, very clearly laid out, very easy, easy to see and understand and then be prepared to follow up because sometimes even then people will say, could you send me that link again, please? And that happens for the baby shower that I did. I actually did up in like Canva, a little invitation, you know, like something. So it actually looked like a little invitation. I sent that in the email along with the two links and then a description about how this party was going to work. So it explained the games that we were going to play and how people could participate in them, where gifts could be sent, that sort of thing is all really key info to put in there. Um, And we also kind of just described the overall vibe of the party, that this was going to be a casual family get together, you know, that we were going to make it a lot of fun. And I'm I'm glad we delivered. Um, But the invitation really spelling things out, I think even with that, I still had people uh, reach out and say, you know, how does this really work? Is it going to be like a meeting where we're muted until you let us talk? You know, people had really specific questions or sometimes suggestions about how to make it go well. That was another thing to be prepared for as a host is that people will probably give you their opinion on how this could go well because they're worried about it not going well. And that's unfortunate. I like it when people put you know, faith in their hosts. But I, I think that we've all become Zoom experts at this point. <laughs> and, um, it's tough not to share. I think that uh, if if you are collecting RSVPs, it is really helpful to, as we said earlier in the in the intro, to actually 
take note of them in a place where you can reference them easily, make a spreadsheet so that you know who's coming, who's not coming, or a list, whatever works best for you. What that does is it eliminates you resending the invitation to someone who's already said that they don't want to come or can't come. Dan, how am I doing so far? It sounds good. It sounds like with a virtual party, there's a lot of work just getting it organized. It's not just getting the people in the space. It's somehow more complicated because you've got to get links to emails and things like that. Is that yeah. true? <laughs> it is. It has way more of the social secretary feel to it than the the kind of like party planner feel to it, I feel like. Yeah. But it's good. And, and you know, it is it is this that makes a virtual shower go well. With a, a party where people are physically coming, I feel like it's a little more of a thing that gets marked in their head. But sometimes all these extra communications, which we're about to list a couple more, they can really help people remember you're going to a party on Saturday afternoon. It's just going to be in yeah. your living room on your computer, which I even had trouble remembering as the party host at times throughout the weekend. Um, and we've but, got some advice for how to fight that feeling, too. But exactly. Exactly. We'll get there. You, you send a reminder a day or two before the party. So once you've gotten all your yeses, create a new group list. It is really good to use BCC for these because then you're not sharing email addresses across um, people who you, you just don't know if they all know each other or not. But definitely resend the invitation. And I like to make it a little bit different so that people pay attention to it. Pro tip. I often won't include yeah, <laughs> I didn't I don't think I included the actual invite when I sent the the follow up, but just explaining again how the party is going to work. Feel free to sign on, you know, right at five or, you know, five minutes before if you want to. Um, I'll pop on and let everybody into the party and then we'll have like I think for ours, I said things like here's the agenda. Jamie's going to talk and tell you a little bit about her pregnancy, how it's going. And then we're going to play the who's who family baby game. And then we're going to read all the blessings and then they're going to open the presents and then people can share good advice or say last things and then goodbye. And it really stuck to that, which was great. People might have other kinds of parties and you'll want to describe like this is a casual, you're just viewing the party that's happening in person. And so feel free to come and go as you want. You can have your camera on, not have your camera on, like letting people kind of know the type of, I, th I think is, is also good in this second, um, second reminder. And again, it goes out a day or two before the party. And you include the link as well because it's it's what it kind of bumps the link, invitation link, link. up. Yeah, you're like always including that link when you communicate. Give them at as the many top and at the bottom. <laughs> Dan, what can people do as actual party hosts the day of to make this really great? So you've successfully organized people. They've showed up. <laughs> as a host, I'm thinking of sort of two different things. One, I'm thinking about just – uh, making an effort that's visible to other people, and that might be dressing yourself, dressing your space, or dressing up your attitude. Not even might. <laughs> we, we always talk about dress the part. You know, put on your party clothes. If this would have been a, a sort of a an, an afternoon affair, shower in the garden, maybe a garden dress or outfit. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm. <laughs> Whatever it would take to, to put on the costume to get into the character and the spirit. And mm -hmm. you can think of your room, your background as part of that. I know you put up a banner. I just mm -hmm. know that th that that works. Party favors and decorations are part of the experience. And if you can bring that into that virtual space, people will notice. It will make an impression. Oh, you just reminded me of such a good tip, which is if you're really super coordinated host, you can do things like send out boxes to each of the people who are going to be signing on so that there's like, whether it's a, a sign or or like you just said, little party favors or something like you, you can make that a much more coordinated effort than I did. <laughs> I pass the thing that has the letter like off screen and as it passes on to the next screen, the letter has changed <laughs> or, you know, I mean, I, yes, no, you can really. Everyone has one letter of the banner so that all together, they, yeah, no, or, or they all spell the wrong words. No, there's there's lots of stuff you can do. I, I also think it's good in this case to get yourself ready to lead the way and to be that host that guides everyone yes. through the experience. So. Even though this wasn't my family, I, I knew a, a lot of the Medor and, and Holloway and Block families. And so it was easy 
for me to say that, you know, and I reminded myself, Lizzie, you're the host. You're the one who's supposed to, you know, like lead it. So as the host, jump up and say, you know, once you figure most people have gathered that you're going to get started and here's how you're going to start. And then maybe even what the next thing you're going to move into afterwards is and then get it going. It might be for me. I asked Jamie, I said, so Jamie, tell us about how the pregnancy's gone so far. You know, you've, you've been on the other side of the country and, and we've all missed you, but let us know how, how's it been going. And that got us into the mode. And we also did another question of having anyone who's been a parent to speak up and say like some of the best advice they got for those first first early months of a newborn. And that kind of broke the ice. It invited people to participate and get in. But I was the MC man. I had to I had to do it. I, there wasn't anybody else. <laughs> well, and I'm thinking about all of the traditional hosting duties that a host has in person and what those look like in the virtual space. So there's mm-hmm. that guiding the party from activity to activity. There's the basics of making introductions, being sure mm-hmm. that everybody there knows everybody. Oh, like good you say, point. An, a, a, announcing a start, taking responsibility when things come up. Mm-hmm. Like any party, oh, this happens, that happens, the dog's barking, the person <laughs> over there has a fire alarm going off and they're unmuted, whatever it is. That, Mute them. That you're, you're the person. You're the boy person who gets to kind of jump in and make some decisions on the fly as mm-hmm. things come up. And someone needs to do it. You're the host. It's your job. Similarly, you're there to keep things moving and to wrap it up yep. at the end. Theoretically, ideally, you would have had some kind of plan to get people in and out in a reasonable way. Mm-hmm. And it's entirely appropriate and even responsible and important that you balance, you let a natural and gregarious part of your discussion continue up to a point. And then you also figure out ways to alert people that we're winding down and then wrapping things up when that time comes. I like it. Exiting well, exiting well. (laughs) Say goodnight, Gracie, right? Good night. I would also say that that throughout the party, it's really good to be flexible. Um, I, I liked that our party allowed for some crosstalk and, and things like that. You heard us talk about that in the intro going on. If that gets out of hand, it's also okay to take it into control. And even, you know, you could say, oh, I think – think we're, you know, this party's getting a bit wild, but, you know, whatever whatever kind of works, as Dan says, make a little joke or something. But you can regain that kind of control. But I think I would have felt more uncomfortable if I was hosting it and kind of being super disciplined about who was allowed to talk exactly when. I don't think that would have created such a party atmosphere for people. I also think it is important to be ready for some technical difficulties. We had a couple glitches where someone, we we were doing screen sharing. Some people hadn't sent in their photos yet. So they asked if they could have permission to share their screens. And then with that, somehow someone got, we got stuck on someone else's screen and it took us all a minute to get back off and she didn't know how she had done it. So be prepared for the technical and just take the time that it needs to solve it. Remember, you can always communicate offline if someone's having trouble getting on. And I also, I I was really quick anytime I saw someone enter that waiting room to let them in immediately to the party. I didn't want people just sitting there waiting and waiting in that space. I'm picturing a doorbell ringing and then ringing again a few minutes later (laughs) and then ringing again a few minutes later. (laughs) I just let them stand there for a minute. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. No, yeah, host duties, answer the door. <laughs> Lizzie Bost, you're you're so brave. Bone courage. I, I appreciate your willingness to do it. We we um we hear from a lot of people on this show who are responsible for hosting showers and it was fun for me to hear you take that on and to hear how it went. <laughs> well, good. Um, I hope these tips are helpful and useful for everyone else. I actually do really think that there's a lot of the virtual party aspect that's going to stick with us even once we can gather in person, because I think it lets us gather with people who are far away. And that's that's really great. So more more to come on this one. I think it's a it's a trend that's going to stick. <laughs> I do, too, Lizzie Post. I don't think the virtual party is going anywhere. We like to end our show on a high note, so we turn to you to hear about the good etiquette you're seeing and experiencing out in the world, and that can come in so many forms. And today, Bridget has given us a salute from Matt G. about our show. Oh, Bridget, you sneaky one. (laughs) Matt begins. 
This can't be the first email from a listener saying thank you for the content you are putting out with awesome etiquette. But I personally wanted to thank you so much for your effort on your podcast. I have sent your podcast to many of my clients, and they have come back raving about how much it has helped to listen to your episodes. Our company helps individuals connect intention and structure to experience their results. And part of that is making sure they get good, strong content in their head on a regular basis. That is why I send them to your podcast and continue to do so. With that, I just wanted to say thank you, and I really appreciate what you are doing. Once again, thank you for pouring your time and efforts into creating and offering awesome etiquette. Thanks, Matt. Oh, Matt, thank you so much. And we, you hear us ask for people to share the show as much as possible. And I, I couldn't be more grateful for the effort you're doing, Matt, to do that. So big salute right back to you. It really makes a huge difference to the, to the show, for sure. And I will second that thanks. And thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone who sent us something and who supports us on Patreon. Please do connect with us and share this show with friends, family, and coworkers, however you like to share podcasts. You can send us questions, feedback, and salutes by email to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. By phone, you can leave us a message or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. On Twitter, we're at Emily Post Inst. On Instagram, we are at Emily Post Institute. And on Facebook, we're Awesome Etiquette and the Emily Post Institute. Please consider becoming a sustaining member. You can find out more about this by visiting us at patreon.com slash awesomeetiquette. You can also subscribe to the ads version of our show on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. And please consider leaving us a review. It helps with the show ranking, which helps more people find awesome etiquette. Our show is edited by Chris Albertine and assistant produced by Bridget Dowd. Thanks, thanks Chris, Chris and Bridget. And Bridget. <laughs> what was your thanks, Chris and Bridget? <laughs>